Good morning out there, everyone. All of our Box 2 Radio family, friends, um, faithful listeners, we appreciate you so much. Um, And we're just so blessed to be here this morning, um, every morning. We're so thankful that you give us your ear in the morning and that you um, come and want to spend time with Box 2 Radio each day. Um, It's going to be a good morning, I feel it. Um, and so here in the studio, we have Miss Jamie Excellent, and then we will be having Jacob Swift come in at some point. He'll be rolling in (laughs) a little (laughs) bit before too long. (laughs) How are you, Jamie? I'm doing great this morning. I'm feeling the joy of the Lord and the Holy Spirit in this room, and I'm excited to be on air this morning. Amen. You got your joy back yesterday, didn't oh, you? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> the enemy was trying against me, but Lord was like, uh-uh, not my daughter. <laughs> not any longer. I love I'm it. releasing her, and I'm going to open up her mouth. Nothing can shut up her voice because she is a mouthpiece for me, and I'm going to use her for the kingdom. So enemy, uh-uh, back away. And the Lord did it, and here I am today. Amen. Amen. Mm. The joy of the Lord is surely your strength it is Mm -hmm. it is your strength it's true so true just try it out trade your sorrows trade whatever Mm -hmm. is holding you down and holding you back trade it for joy and i promise you'll see that that verse is is true it's true it (laughs) It is is so true i mean honestly just like pick you know putting on our armor before we leave like Mm -hmm. putting on that joy like that garment of joy garment of praise is what i like to, to call it um it's powerful because our praise is a weapon. Oh yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Our our literally our praise is a weapon. And I think if we would get our mindset, you know, shifted from I'm going to go somewhere else and and you know, hear somebody else's worship or experience mm-hmm. this person's worship or this person's worship, but when we would get to the point where we're always worshiping. Yeah. Constant, like 24/7. Yeah. Like I'm putting on my garment of praise as soon as I wake up this morning, I'm going to Praise my king. Mm-hmm. I'm going to declare Seek his, his goodness. Face, yes. And it doesn't even have to be singing. If you want to sing, let it flow. But literally declaring his goodness is mm-hmm. worship. Yeah. And I think, well, I know. And I know that I've been in the same spot. But I think in the church, like, we live off other people's revelation. And we live off other people's worship, like you were saying. And we don't seek him for our, our own. Seek, mm-hmm. seek him in our own time, mm-hmm. in our own life. But we just live off the revelation of others, and you can't live like that because you're just going to burn out yeah. and miss what God is wanting to do in your life and wanting to really just give you because that he gives us joy. He gives us these these weapons to fight the enemy when he, mm-hmm. he wants to bring this negativity into your life. And the voice of the enemy is, is coming louder than the Lord's voice, but the Lord is like, I, I want to speak to you. I want to talk to you. I, w- I want to show you my goodness. Like, look look at what I'm doing right here in your life, but you've been so blinded by the enemy that you haven't even seen my goodness in what I'm doing right now. Yeah. But you're so blind about what the enemy is trying to tell you. Yeah. And, I mean, look at Job. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at everything that happened to him. Look at everything you know, the enemy was doing, but yet, yes, he still had feelings. Yes, he still, um, he's, he is, was human, but he still stayed faithful to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he still saw the Lord's goodness. 
like that that's the and that was like physical torment oh, and yeah. emotional and all the different kinds. Every, everything you could think of he job experienced it and then think about how we you know most of the time now there's sometimes that we go through some physical things and depending on your situation or whatever it is but i would say just the average christian that you know is isn't facing persecution mm-hmm. is healthy let's just say healthy yeah you know the enemy will attack the mind and the mind is something we constantly constantly have to be on guard with yes because it really is a battlefield i don't know who it was that wrote that i think it was joyce meyer wrote the battlefield of the mind Mm -hmm. book i've not read it so i'm not like endorsing it or anything but um i have heard a lot of people have enjoyed reading it but i just like that phrase battlefield of the mind because Mm -hmm. it is it really is but when we can i like how megan fortner says this stay in the arena Mm -hmm. with the lord then he he's fighting for us like we're in his presence we're in his glory so like we can't be beat up (laughs) by the enemy but as soon as we step out of that arena that's when the enemy has access to start yeah. met like start beating us up, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's when we entertain those thoughts. Yes. Those thoughts that are clearly, you know, not from the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's something. But it with the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm-hmm. He's bigger, he's greater. He is. And um, he gives us a sound mind. Yes. We have the mind of Christ. So we got to live in those truths and declare, declare those truths every day. Every single morning. Know our identity and know what God's given us and start to realize that and walk in the, the power of the truth. Yeah. Mm, good conversations. Um, before I forget, because <laughs> we can get off into a conversation and who knows how long we'll be talking. Um, I do want to look at our announcements here and make sure I don't forget anything. Okay, so... Today's June 21st, and we have a event coming up on June 25th, um, the Needham-Cumberland Presbyterian Church Homecoming. So uh, this will be on Sunday at 11, and um, this is, this will be, the worship will be led by Joshua McMillan. Um, There will be a potluck. And the pastors, of course, are Eric and Danielle Hornback. And so if you go to our Box 2 Radio app, then you can click on um, the events page. And it has a location, actually, that you can click and it can take you straight to your maps, your GPS, if you need directions. Um, And then again, the Wilson Home Vacation Bible School will be uh, Tuesday, June 27th at 6 p.m. through June 30th at 8 p.m. And... uh, that should be coming up here soon. And we also have the Bethel Vacation Bible School coming up. Um, it will be a little bit later. It's more of like a back-to-school type VBS. But, it, again, the Bethel VBS is Thursday, August 3rd at 6, 6 p.m. And then Friday from 6 to 8. Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And, again, that's August 3rd through August 5th. So we're super excited about that VBS. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the kids are excited about it, too. Um, our, the theme is twists and turns, and it's it's kind of like gaming, a gaming theme. So kid, it's very, um, what would you say, like the culture of the kids right now, <laughs> like <laughs> very popular. Uh-huh. Um, and all the kids that have seen our little, like, uh, graphic for it is like what's that and then we're like <laughs> and I like the part underneath 
the twists and turns that says following Jesus changes the game. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite, like, part about the theme is following Mm -hmm. Jesus changes the game because it does. So that's what I've been telling the kids when they're like, what is that? What is that? (laughs) So uh, we're excited. Um, And, yeah, I don't think we have a whole lot of other announcements. Now, of course, we will have the um, conference coming up with Lance Johnston um, in September. We're super excited about that. I, I know that the... I don't think the time has been completely set in stone, but I think Josh said something about seven, starting at around seven. Um, but we will get that up on the app as well. And again, that'll be the weekend of September 10th. So mm-hmm. I That's think awesome. it's going to be like a three day <coughs> conference. So we're super excited. We're all excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yes. I think they're calling it like a soul or a harvest crusade harvest crusade amen so well we're ready for the harvest now we are working on um the the movie that we're going to play at the church in july yes okay so talk a little bit about that well we're going to play um come out in jesus name it's going to be um more focused on deliverance Mm -hmm. and uh, we're trying to do this right um it's in the planning stages right now because we're still waiting on them to release the streaming service for it uh, they said sometime in the first of June, or I mean the first of July, end of June. So we kind of push it off to July, in middle of July, possibly maybe um, somewhere around that. We don't know yet exactly, but we mm-hmm. will get the date soon. But um, we just want to focus on deliverance because I really believe that this is going to be the, one of the key things that sets the the stage. Uh, and I think God has brought it to light. Mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people are. It's gotten a lot of attention. Yeah. Because I think God's trying to bring it to the surface. Because one thing I believe that's holding the church back is um, deliverance. I, I think we all have something that we need delivered from. And I think if you go back, it's we're 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 we're, we're going to make have a, a pamphlet made out, uh-huh. and we're going to we're going to do this right. And we want things. We want people to to take a week before they come. We're going to hand them out at church the Sunday before. And we're going to have you take a paper and I want you to write down everything that you can think of that's in your lineage Hmm. that you deal with. Generational curses, um, things that maybe that you even dabbled in. And I mean, it's, it's going to be a real, it's going to come like, it's going to be a real moment. Like Mm. you're going to have to be real with yourself. No lying or lying to yourself. You got to be open and honest about this because deliverance is a real thing. Yeah, it is. And um, I believe that um, we d- we're going to do that, and we're going to have a, th- that in front of you, and that that's p- that's part of what we're going. I don't want I don't expose too much yet, but because mm-hmm. we're not uh, finalized everything. But um, a, a lady had came approached me, and she goes, "I think we should have them do two copies of those papers," and we're, we're thinking about signing one to sign. And have over here and says, this is not, I'm delivered from this. I wrote this down, God, and I want you to set me free from this. And it's going to be a reminder that this is no longer Mm. part of your life. And we're going to take another one and we're going to burn it. Oh, come on. We're going to say we're done with this. This, After we write this down and we really dig deep into the heart and soul of man and and, and say there's because there's, you know, when we talk about deliverance, it it is controversial because Mm. a lot of people don't understand it. Yeah. You know, but, you know, Apostle Paul said it, he said there was members that we haven't, um, of our bodies that we haven't submitted to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, our, it's not controlling you. You're, 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 you know, the, the Lord controls us. He's our, 
you know, he, he he's the, the spiritual guidance. He, he's the controller if you're a born-again believer. But mm-hmm. there's members that we have not yet submitted to God that may be controlled by other outside forces. Yeah, that's true. So I, I think that that's one thing that's controversial, but I think it's biblical. And I think the one thing is, I think a, a lot of people think that we're not saying a Christian is possessed, but he has partially members that he hasn't submitted to God. We can yeah. all open doors. Like, yeah. You know, open doors and the enemy walk right in. Yeah. And that's why I tell people, it's kind of like a thief. Mm-hmm. You know, a thief can enter into a house. He don't, he's not going to knock on a front door. Mm-hmm. He's not going to like, oh, let me see. Um, let me ask him if I can come in. He doesn't do that. He comes through open doors and little places that you have left open. Or sometimes he just breaks in the back door. And, uh. So, I mean, it's one of those things that I think that is misunderstood. And um, I think this movie brings to light a lot of those. I didn't know how to go into it because it was a documentary. Mm -hmm. But when we did, when we all went up there, Hannah, it was like, man, it's just something that it it rocked us. You know, and I'm like, man, we got to you can't just see it one time. You know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things you you catch more stuff as you go by. Yeah, I would like to watch it again now after everything that i've experienced <clears throat> since then and studied and you know oh yeah because it will the well you you care if i share something real quick i know mm-hmm. we got to get something that i was um reading this morning um it kind of i don't know it kind of shocked me um that you remember sean is it how do you say his last name sean foyt i think it's foyt he okay. did um a thing called let us worship where he went to every cat he went across the 50 states and, and the capitals and he was telling them to let us worship. So he was going into places where, you know, they don't really allow them, but God mm-hmm. opened the doors. Well, now the satanic church is wanting to do the 50 states thing and they're calling it, let us burn. And they're copycatting his stuff and using upside down crosses. <laughs> uh, but it's like, they're trying to mimic what he's mm-hmm. done. So they're saying if they can't, if they allow you to go, we have to, we got to allow us to go. And so he's kind of like, it's almost kind of like a spit in the face of God. It's like, hey, you know, you did your thing. Now is let me, let us burn. You know, like what in the world are we, I mean this, but this is what we're talking about. The world is, is the way the world has been, has been Satan's stage for a long, long, long time yeah. because the church is too afraid to go and fight. We think that we can go and fight within the four walls of our church, and we can, but we have to take it out. We have yeah. to believe God. We have to go forward yeah. and take the ground. We have yeah. to, to to break up the follow ground, and we got to keep going. We got to keep pressing in because there is there is a spiritual side of things that we're solely always forget. I, I love you know, the, the practical side of things and how we live, but there is a spiritual side of things that we just don't understand sometimes. And I think sometimes church believers want, we get on this high sometimes like, Oh, you know, we get so caught up in all the, the, the the things of doing church or, or, Mm -hmm. or or just this, that we forget that there's an enemy that's roaring around and he's destroying things. And, And I'm not trying to put too much light on him, but we for so long have set back and not fought. It's true. Mm-hmm. We have not had that unction. And the prophet comes to the land and he exposes these things. Mm-hmm. And I believe that these men are, are, are prophet, prophetic. They're, some of them are prophets, some are apostles, but 
they're exposing the darkness and saying, mm-hmm. look, people, y'all have allowed this stuff in your life for so long. Now you've become accustomed to it that, like Aaron said, how can you cast out the devils that you're playing with? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, at least I, I know for myself, like before, um, I guess like two or three months ago, I didn't even know what deliverance was. I didn't know that, you know, if you left an open door as a Christian, like the enemy can can come right in and things can, you know, like here even recently, I didn't even know that I was operating in it in some different things that the Lord had to take off of me, that I was being oppressed by certain things. And I was like, Oh Lord. Okay. Like I didn't even notice the shift, the change of like how I was reacting and how just, I mean, really the joy was taken off me, but different things. And I think I know that a lot of people just need their eyes open to, to what, to what this is well i mean it's like this an attachment sometimes we get it uh, there's an attachment that comes and the enemy likes to do that but he likes to hide he mm-hmm. doesn't like to he doesn't want to bring attention to himself because he wants to hide within places that's how they that's how they get to a place where now we've uh, the 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 world has become so numb mm-hmm. to the demonic realm that they can't even see it right in front of their eyes yeah. things that they're dealing with eight ball little th- you know the eight ball things that they play for kids oh let's tell your fortune you know shake mm-hmm. this thing that is demonic i mean it's like little things that they're doing they're putting in um i even heard i know this is a little stretching it but i didn't know this i listened to a warlock and he said the ice water challenge that was on um facebook was actually a demonic activity that they do in the war in the satanic church and i was like what he says, yeah, he said these little challenges they do sometimes is actually stuff that they have started and they wanted people to in, engage in satanic ritual acts. Well, and the, like I said, we're, we're so in this box where we can't see out mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think the enemy has hidden himself in little things, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know, and, and I think that we don't understand like things that we buy, things that we um, go watch, things that entertainment, you know, we've got so crap caught up in entertainment that i feel like we've missed the mark mm-hmm. and and exposing the enemy and, and i'm mean, even myself i mean i'm looking at things and reevaluating things in my life and reevaluating how we go forward and how we move forward because mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not anymore i'm not tired of the games of of doing church and being the church and how we've made it a game almost oh yeah and the enemy is sitting back laughing at us because he has he is rooted into the body of Christ. I mean, we, you can say, "Oh no, he hasn't." But I mean, look at the church. When we're there's some churches now that are ordaining gay pastors. How can you not tell me that the enemy has not infiltrated in yeah. every sector, every place, every mountain, every place of media, every place of the arts? I mean, everything that we do that the, that God had intended for the church or his people to take over, mm-hmm. he has infiltrated it. And I always heard this, whoever you bow to before you get to the top of the mountain is who will be over you when you get there. So, so many people has bowed to Jezebel mm-hmm. on their way to, to wherever God has taken them because they don't see how to get through. It's kind of like, I remember, I mean, go back and read Elijah. He went hid in the cave because he was scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was kind of like, uh, you know, I don't want to deal with her. I'm, like, she's killing all the prophets. I'm just going to go hide in a cave, and he's in his pity party. 
And then it was the still small voice that spoke to him. And when he came out of the cave, he didn't come out as Elijah. He came out in the mantle of the prophet that God had called him to be. Mm. And it was in his anointing and his power and in his, his mantle that he walked forward. And he knew that through the still small voice, it reminded him who God created him to be. Mm-hmm. So, amen, amen. That's good. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for more people to watch this movie, <clears throat> to get the word out there, to get people educated to get people informed and you know just eyes open spiritual Mm -hmm. eyes open i think that's the main thing it's just the unveiling of the eyes yeah because if you're think just like we see in john with the you know we're about to get into some of it but like all of the pharisees and the people that jesus is preaching to they see with a natural eye they're seeing everything naturally they're not even aware because they're so i mean he literally says your father is the devil Mm-hmm. I mean, why would he? Yeah. Jesus said that. Yeah. I mean, so if Jesus said that their father was the devil, then I mean, th- there's still the same mindset today. There's still the same spirits today that That's were true. that were then, and they just could not. They were so wrapped up in darkness that they could not understand. It's like they they had just a fogginess too, even in their mind, mm-hmm. because they could not. They couldn't even recognize that he was the son of God. Mm. Honestly, I think that they did recognize it, though. They were just so angry and jealous and all the... I think some people didn't, and some people did. Uh, I believe there was a part of them that thought, but in a part they were so religiously minded that it was... They couldn't even speak it. Yeah, it was just... Even if they thought it, they would never speak it. I mean, we we got an account of that when um, Nicodemus, um, he knew something was different about Jesus. Mm-hmm. But the religion, it's kind of like this. I see a rope. and I mean, I think Aaron did an analogy this one time, but I see a rope, and it's like pulling people. Mm. It's like, oh, you, get, you can go so much close to Jesus and start asking questions, but you can't get too far away from religion. Mm. And it's like religion That's keeps good. pulling them back. But it'll allow you to get close enough to Jesus to talk to him a little bit and ask him questions. But as soon as you, he starts beginning to open your mind up to stuff, and awaken your soul, it pulls you back. So, and that's that's happening right now. I believe. I agree. It really is. Well, let's see if we can. Uh, I don't know. Let's see if we can finish. I think we can finish out eleven before the break. <laughs> what do y'all think? Eleven fifty-three is where we're at. I think we can do it. John eleven fifty-three. Okay, so I'm going to start reading, and then if y'all have anything, chime in. Listeners, if you have any questions or comments, I'll get to Joey's dad joke later (laughs) (laughs) after the break. Um, Okay, so verse 53. Now, what versions are y'all reading out of? NLT. Yeah. Okay. I'm not NLT. I'm actually, sorry, uh, ESV. ESV. I don't know what I thought. Do you want to read it, Jacob? 1153, right? Yeah. Uh, let me make sure I'm in the right spot. Uh, are we just going to keep reading on down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Is that right? We're in the right place, right? Uh, 1153. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim. And there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. 
and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think, that he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. Mm. I think it's, he's all, I love how it talks about how Jesus departed to the wilderness. Mm. Departed from there to the wilderness. Like he often goes into the wilderness. Yeah. Remember when I told you that sometimes I have to go to my wilderness? Yes. <laughs> you said you like the wilderness a little bit too much. A little bit too much. Well, I mean, it's, it's a way to get away. Because yeah. everyone, and I know we look at the wilderness as a bad thing, but the wilderness is where you can gather yourself mm-hmm. and it's between you and God, yeah. only you and God, the out, no outside forces, no outside influence, no outside talks. It's just, you need to, to get away from the crowd mm-hmm. and to get away from, and I think sometimes it's, it's a place where I think you can recoup mm-hmm. and I guarantee it that. Jesus showed us that as a man that it still bothered him mm-hmm. to be around crowds all the time. And, and he loved it, but he had to get all that, the, all the talks and all the, 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 the jargon and all the, and I think that was like his one place with God that, that yeah. he could go. And a get solitude. A solitude. And take refuge in the Lord. Yes. And, and I think too, as we see here, like, I mean, when the Lord was going to woke, to, in, into the wilderness but also he was preventing that attack yeah. that attack because he knew that they were plotting against him and he knew yeah. that he needed to have that time alone with yep. him and the Lord and the disciples before everything else took place yeah mm. wow that's good that is really good I mean he he's it's kind of like when they tried to make him uh, when he fed the 5,000 or well, there was way more than that, but we just know it's 5,000. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, he had to go to the wilderness because there was, I believe that they wanted, and this is Jacob's version. I think they wanted to make him king mm-hmm. because he just did something miraculous. Yeah. So he's like, it's not my time yet. I got to go. You know, I got to get away from the crowd because I can't have them doing anything before it's time. Mm-hmm. And the wilderness was like a safe haven. Yeah. So, um, but... <laughs> I love it that um, there's a song too called, talked about the wilderness, and um, it's by a local guy, uh, he Jeremy Hargis, and it's one of my favorite songs. And everyone looks down on the wilderness, but the wilderness is where play, where God begins to shift you into mm-hmm. where He molds you. Mm-hmm. And if you're going through a wilderness right now, you know don't think that it's a bad place because. Sometimes the wilderness is not always bad. So mm-hmm. Now, there is times where you're in a low place and you're out in the wilderness just trying to figure out. And some people stay there too long. They they get so, um, I, <laughs> they, <laughs> I mean, the enemy will meet you sometimes in the wilderness oh, yeah. and I mean, trick look you. At, look at Jesus, yeah. the 40 days. Yeah, I mean, so you got to be careful who, who you allow to, in the wilderness, who you allow speaking to you. You better yeah. make sure it's Jesus. Make sure it's mm-hmm. God speaking to you and not enemy. Because the enemy likes to get us into a place of loneliness and a place mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to get you in a place where you're by yourself and lonely. And then he'll trick you. And that's what he did to Jesus a lot. You know, he mm-hmm. would, but, you know, 
Jesus used the word. Uh, the biggest, the, the biggest weapon we have against the enemy is the word. Yes, the word. And we have to use the word against him because mm -hmm. he'll use the word to and manipulate because he don't understand mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. He don't have that revelation. So, um, but yeah, do we need to keep reading on, or are we done? Or I don't know. I like this wilderness talk. The wilderness is 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 um, misunderstood. I think in mm -hmm. a lot of people. I mean, the, I think everyone needs that. I mean, you need that safe place where you can just get alone with God mm -hmm. and you need a place where you can recoup. I mean, mm -hmm. because the cares of this world sometimes gets up to you. Oh, yeah. And um, but it's just like, like I said, I told Hannah, sometimes I like to stay there too long mm -hmm. because we're to get in the wilderness. We're to get from God what we need oh, and then yeah. we need to take it back and give it to the people. Yeah. And I think that. We have such a, um, sometimes I feel like we get to a place where we just like the wilderness so much that we just, because I think we're looking into a place where, okay, God, I'm just tired. I'm weary. I'm working so hard. I've been doing all these things. I've been, I mean, like you, you girls working in the ministry and it does the weight of the ministry and Aaron, I like Aaron's getting to his wilderness. He's actually going to the wilderness, <laughs> uh, the water park, the water wilderness. Uh, but he needs stuff like that. Every mm -hmm. pastor or person in ministry, not just, not just ministry, but everyone who's yeah. a believer in God needs a wilderness, but specifically, especially those who are serving in ministry, mm -hmm. you need a getaway. You need a time to relax and just think on things from God it, where it's not, where you're not thinking how you have to, what work you got to do next. Mm -hmm. And one thing you got to do this and this, you need that times, the times of refreshing are, are good for the soul. They're good for the body. They're good for you yeah. because everybody's like, well, um, then you got to keep your hands. So you got to keep going. I say, there's nothing wrong with taking a little time out. I, I mean, mean, God even, did it himself. He rested on the seventh day. day. He took a Sabbath. And I think we forget, too, that we're called to take a Sabbath. We're exactly. To, to rest in the Lord and take refuge in him and um, get away from the busyness, but get into the stillness. Exactly. Amen. That's where we begin to see a lot of things different. Because when we get in that stillness of God, mm -hmm. we start, we talk so much and I'm a big talker. <laughs> so sometimes when you see me being quiet and you're like, oh, Lord, you know, what's going on? It's God speaking. You mm -hmm. know, I, he, he's taught me when to shut up and when to speak. Yeah. And, and that's a hard thing to learn <laughs> because sometimes you get ahead of um, God. And yeah. sometimes you, you see all these things and you don't know what to do with them because um, God has revealed so much. And when you allow him to speak, he'll speak. Oh, he's yeah. he's wanting to. He's looking for anyone and anybody that he, whosoever will, mm -hmm. that will follow after mm -hmm. him. He will speak and he will raise you up. And uh, yeah, um, I like that verse that uh, and we're going to go to break here in a second. But it talks about him, you know, searching to and fro, like roaming the earth and yeah. searching to <clears throat> and fro for those who um, I think desire him something like that um but just thinking of that like him searching to and fro mm -hmm. him roaming the earth like just thinking of that visual um i think it's for like hearts to um pursue him like i don't know the actual word that they use i was just saying for the eyes of the lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards heart him. is blameless towards him mm -hmm. yeah. yeah amen yep. So Whew. I love that. Mm, that's good stuff. Well, 
we'll get back to this convo uh, after the break. But before the break, I'm going to read off this trivia Wednesday trivia question. Number one, what first appointed deacon was a proselyte of Antioch? What first appointed deacon was a proselyte of Antioch? You can call us at 270-257-2689. And we'll be right back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio after the break. All right, we are back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Do we have a trivia answer? No, we don't. I'm going to go ahead and read read that again if anybody wants to call. Um, Again, that question was, what first appointed deacon was a proselyte of Antioch? What first appointed deacon was a proselyte of Antioch? And again, it's 270-257-2689. Let's get an answer for that trivia question. And I think our drawing, will it be this week or next week? It'll be this week. So get your name in there for that drawing. Um, so, yeah, we we had a conversation for anyone who's just tuned in. Um, we finished up John 11. So uh, tomorrow we'll be starting in 12. Um, but it's been a good conversation. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, I like how we kind of do you know, the line upon line, precept upon precept, and you really catch more things doing oh, yeah. it that way. I mean, I think about, you know, Bible study growing up, and I would get so frustrated because I would just try to read everything. <laughs> I would try to read so much and miss, I missed so much. Mm-hmm. But when you read little, you see so much in the little lines. <laughs> I agree. That's why I bought a uh, Thompson Chain Bible years ago, which... I've misplaced it and I can't find it now. So I'm going to have to buy another one. So, <laughs> but it's, um, but it would line up the precepts and the, the line up online. Like, so you could look up a word and it would give you every verse of that, that, that word's in. And it was so awesome because wow. I could line up things and how they would, it was one of my favorite Bibles, but some people don't like it, but I love it. It was always something that was taught for me to, to be able to look up something on that word and yeah do your word studies yeah. cross references yeah it was so awesome yeah um, i want to cross reference like one of those cross reference bibles mm-hmm. one of those. they're nice i know i think brother greg has the inner linear inner linear yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then um i think heather has one too everyone that i've heard that has it loves it well let me ask you something though you know i use my phone a lot i mm-hmm. probably need to get away from using that um, because I'm like, why does it update? <laughs> like, are you changing scriptures? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, I, and I always wondered that. Why was there always an, uh, your King James version needs an update. Hmm. Uh, I don't think it needs to be updated. Like, I'm hoping it's just like the commentary or yeah. something, you know, on it. But, uh, I'm like, I don't think that I said my Bible does not need an update. It oh, we got an answer for that trivia question. Miss Gail Harrington got the answer right. So, again, it was what first appointed deacon was a proselyte of Antioch, and that answer was Nicholas, found in Acts 6-5. So, good job, Miss Gail. I think your name's been in here twice this week so far. Mm-hmm. She's Amen, on it. Miss Gail. She is on it. Actually, speaking of Miss Gail. I love that woman. She's awesome. I love her. Uh, she, we have a text coming in from her. So, um, 
she says, Elijah reminds us that even the strongest of us can have weak moments. Mm-hmm. We need to be there to lift each other up again. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and again. And she sent me Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, which I had pulled up here. Um, let's see. So it says in the ESV version, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Mm. Mm. Amen, Miss Gail. The power of two or more. Yeah. You know, it's, I think we forget that too, is you need someone, even if it's just one person. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to be there mm-hmm. when you're down, you know, and not just down, but just maybe just somebody to hold you accountable Yeah, in a lot of areas. And I think I love it that you can surround yourself. I, that's why we always talk about circles. Who you allow in your circle? Do you allow people who are going to um, just tell you everything you want to hear? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to allow people who can speak into your life? and yeah. raise you up now i'm not saying put critical people there i don't want them there i'm sorry uh, <laughs> uh, the, but the, the ones that who can expose things in yes. my life that can um, hold me accountable expose the unfruitful works of darkness mm-hmm. um and then <laughs> shine that light <laughs> we was talking about um i, I just uh, thinking about the wilderness and how the prophetic and the wilderness kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. and because um it's that's where God raised me up through is spending time in the wilderness. Yeah. And um, I know people didn't understand the prophetic, you know, like when, when you talk to about, about the prophetic people get, they have this certain view of the prophetic, you know, most people have their own view or whatever. Some people think you're the prophet. You're the one who points the finger. You're the one who, Brother Ron used to tell me that all the time. I said, Brother Ron, I'm not the pointing finger prophet. I'm sorry. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I get it. You know, we see the prophet, you know, always exposing things. And that's good. But I said, I believe the prophet. There is some prophets out there who are to bring water to a dry and thirsty land. Oh, yeah. Come on. And I was watching Alexander Pagani, and he had used some analogies and some figurative speechly, but he called them North Wind prophets. Mm-hmm. And it talked about the North Wind brings the rain. Mm-hmm. He said there are some yeah. prophets that are there to bring the rain to a place that's been dry for a long time. Or maybe if it's just maybe they're, they're, they're sent there to see something come out of what God had planted. The soil is good. Um, and maybe the, the, the what was planted there was good, but there was no growth in a sense that yeah, maybe they were growing in certain areas, but there was areas that were not growing. Maybe things that were planted was not growing in that area. And the the prophets come to bring that rain into that mm-hmm. place. I mean, Elijah called forth rain out of the heavens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the land had shut up, it had not rained for so long, you know, and it, he called forth rain. And it was like, I believe that there is that north rain that not just challenges the status quo, or challenge the, the prophets standing up against the Jezebels of the land. And mm-hmm. I believe that's what we got to do. Yeah. Yeah, but then on. there's this, there, there is the side of the prophetic that people don't understand and don't see that he brings forth the rain Ooh, of heaven. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it begins to start seeing believers grow. Mm-hmm. And when, when you, when you have that, when you see that anointing on somebody, they'll begin to, people will be draw to them yeah. be, in a sense. And, and I think that's where we can become dangerous. 
that's where it becomes dangerous because people follow after man so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that it's not, a, a you know, Paul said, follow me as a follow Christ. If they're following Christ, man, go after them, you know, listen to them. God's put them in your heart. They're putting them in your place for a reason, mm-hmm. um, in your surroundings, and they will help raise you up. But as soon as they fall off the, 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 the wheel of going around, you know, not where they need to be, you need to still follow Christ, not them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there is some people who are watering the land right now, and, and I believe um, they're the hidden prophets that, you know, I think that they're the ones who have spent time in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Those who have, you know, they may not have the fancy words or the fancy titles or all the greatest um, um TV moments with revelation, but they're mm-hmm. so full of God oh, and they've yeah. heard from heaven mm-hmm. and they know their word. They know their Bibles. They know what God has given them mm-hmm. and they're the untrained man prophets, but they're the trained godly prophets. Mm. Come on. Yes. So, and I'm not, not against man raising up the prophetic schools. You know, mm-hmm. I think the believe if you, you spent time in the wilderness and God has trained you up and you can train other believers, that's great. But I believe we've had so much man-made prophets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For so long oh, yeah. that where is the prophets that have not bowed their knee to bail? Mm-hmm. Where's the prophets that have not given in to the source of allowing Jezebel to do what she wants to do? Mm-hmm. Now, not just Jezebel, but, you know, there's other the enemy. Let's yes. put let's just put it out there. The enemy allowing he, he'll he he will allow prophets to speak as long as it doesn't take his ground. So if if he can get you cooed into a church where you're just speaking, oh the Lord, if you're prophesying, I'm sorry, you know you're not doing anything. Prophesying. Um, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so, brother Ron used to say that a lot. You know, we got a lot of prophesiers and not all true. No uh, testifiers. Uh, <laughs> Proph- actual prophesiers. Well, he he used to say testifonies. Testifonies. Uh, oh instead of testimonies. God. I love it. Uh, he was good at those. Yeah, he was. Coming up with those words. Well, you know, talking about the watering, it reminded me of, you know, of course, First, first Corinthians with the, um, the Paul speaking about he planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Mm. Mm. Come That's on. good. And then it just, it talks about how, but. Well, it doesn't say but, but so then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And I think that's where we have to get to is the person that's planting, the persons that that is watering, mm-hmm. realizing that that's the ro- like the heading over my Bible is the role of God's servants. Mm-hmm. We have Come to on. remember that we are God's servants. Mm-hmm. We aren't God. We aren't God. That's mm-hmm. what gotten. That's what Lucifer got in trouble with because he wanted to be God. He thought he could be. And I think that's the yep. thing is when we come into complete unity with with him, we're abiding and then he can he fully releases us to do what he's called us to do. And then mm-hmm. people are changed because we're in that alignment. We're like in yeah. that perfect, perfect alignment. And I love it. And it, I like how it says now he who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Mm. For we are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. Amen. Yeah. I mean, it's just how we think sometimes that you're always not the one to see the fruition of mm-hmm. it. Sometimes yes. you're the planter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes plant you're just planting seed. And we always want to see the result. Mm-hmm. We all, I mean, it's just common nature for man to, we just, and you just want to see that, oh, I plant something I want to see it grow but sometimes mm-hmm. you're not the one who's watering it you know yeah. 
sometimes it's, you know, God's the one. We got to allow him to have room to water the seed you planted. Mm-hmm. You just obey, obey God. Do what he told you to do. Yep. And he will use people to water it just like, and that's what yeah. reminded oh, me of yeah. this verse was when yep. you were talking about the watering prophet or, you know, the prophetic. Bringing forth rain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's easy. I think where we have to get to is we have to let go of comparison. That's yes. something the Lord's been speaking yes. to me is like comparison. It, it, has so much that falls underneath it. Mm-hmm. It has the coveting. It has the jealousy. It has all these things that about, when they take root, they destroy. They destroy unity. How about we say this? Why doesn't the church stop competing and start completing? Yep. I <laughs> mean, it's time to start completing each other. Yeah. And and it's a puzzle piece put together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there is. To me, the church should never have co- competitiveness. There should never be no. a competitiveness mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the church, in, in the body, because we're all called to do a purpose, yeah. and we're not here for ourselves. Yeah. You know, I get it. There is a competitive nature upon, you know, a lot of men. Men mm-hmm. get really competitive. I'm, I mean, I'm sure women do, too. I'm, I'm not saying that because yeah, I've seen do. it. <laughs> but I think there is a competitive nature that um, falls on the, 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 the man side of who we are. And, and it's like, but to me... It's it's not a bad thing to, to be competitive. It's just when it has you, yeah. when it grasps mm-hmm. hold of you. And I think in the church we've competed to see who could be this next person who's going to do the will of the Father. Like they, who's going to get the spotlight? You know, like and the thing is, like you really can't compete in the kingdom. Mm-mm. They think, but the enemy will try to get you to do that. You just can't though. Like even if someone is naturally competitive, like. And I'm just going to use Ethan, not you. Ethan yeah. for example, because he's my husband and he's a very competitive person. But, like, he can't he can't have that same competitive mindset that he has while playing ba- basketball yeah. while he's in the kingdom and doing That's what God. True. Because you, when you're competing, you're competing against someone. So that means your eyes are sh- are focused on that person and yourself. Yeah. Your eyes aren't focused on him. If our eyes are focused on Jesus, then we won't be competing. Because we won't be, we'll be abiding. We won't be striving. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And we'll be thriving because we'll be, our eyes will be focused on him. Amen. I mean, I mean, co- co- competitiveness can be, I think we've been brought up in a world where that's just, that, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. like, we've so competed. And I'm like, yeah, there is no competition to God. There is no competition to Jesus. I mean, the enemy might think he is. He might mm-hmm. trick you into believing he is, but there is no there's Jesus stands alone. He's by himself. There is no, there is nobody that has even comparison to even close to who he is and and try to challenge him. He is um, that song that talks about, he's our champion. He's the undisputed champion of the world. I mean, of of the universe or whatever he he's, he's never going to be beaten. He's never going to be defeated. He's already won. He's already won the battle before the battle even started. So I don't even know why the enemy thinks that he thinks he can. I mean, maybe he just thinks, well, I can just have a little time. I feel like I might be the champion, you know. And I think that we see that in Revelation. He knows he's defeated. No, he knows. I I think he does, but I don't think he, I think he's so naive in thinking he can still win. I think he think. I mean, it's kind of like, I think when the chips are down, he thinks, man, I think I can still beat this guy. I mean, I really do believe that. I believe until he is thrown into the lake of fire, until he realizes he has nothing. I mean, God has given him free reign right now, in a sense, and restricted free reign. 
I think he and takes pleasure in stealing God's children mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. defeating them to where that they're in that defeat with him. And he knows that burdens the Lord and hurts the Lord that his beloved children are not his children, but children of darkness. Mm. But yeah. he created them to be. Yeah. You know, he mimics everything of the father. He tries to replicate it, but he can't. You can't replicate yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Like you can be in the image of God and you can create and it be like in the likeness of God. But you mm-hmm. cannot mimic. You cannot mm-hmm. recreate. You cannot. And that's what. If you if we will notice and look around, like we can notice all the things in our culture that are literally a mimicking mm. of, smoke screen of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like you think about it. He is he comes as an angel of light, but if you're not looking and you're not watching and you're not testing the spirits, you may not under you may not recognize that he's an angel of light mm. because. He may, I mean, he can come to you in his beauty and he can offer you this golden silver platter right in front of you. And some people eat off of it and take from it. I'm sure we all have done that in a sense, not meaning to, or maybe, maybe we did mean to, maybe we just thought, well, if we do this, it'll be okay. God, God will forgive me. And then I think that he lures you in that way. He's a Mm -hmm. tricker. He's the trick. He's the biggest trickster that ever walked the face of this planet. He can trick you into believing things that ain't true. And I remember in 2020, the Lord told me, he said, nothing is what it seems. And things begin to change. And I begin to begin awaken to things that I've never seen, Mm -hmm. that I've never thought in a million years we'd see happen in the universe like it did. And it changed people. I mean, it really did. I think some people, um, it changed for the worse. Some people change for the good, but I think, um, you know, the enemy he's been, he, he had an all out attack and I think they were actually, um, I think they were actually getting us ready. It was like a prerequisite of what's mm-hmm. to come in, in revelation. I think they were wanting to see where, how people would respond to things and how they would, um, uh, you know, how, how easy they would give up everything mm-hmm. in the name of safety and what they wanted so much for everybody. And I'm not saying uh, be stupid and do dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. But what we gave up, we let them have. I mean, it's kind of like little ground that you let them have. The enemy will take foothold. Yeah. And um, we are not going to give him any more ground. Mm-hmm. We're going to stand our ground. We're yeah. going to push back. We're going to fight harder than we've ever mm-hmm. have. And we're going to yeah. take back what he's stolen. That's right. We're going to take, and he's going to have to pay it back a hundredfold. I'm sorry. I mean, everything that he feels like he's taking, we're going to, we're going to march forward. Oh, yeah. And and where churches have closed down, Mm -hmm. and some churches didn't make it because financially they couldn't do it. God is going to, I'm going to raise up other churches. I'm going to raise up places. I'm going to raise up ministries. I'm going to raise up where a thousand may fall at one side and 10,000 at your right hand, but we will not come now. You, you're going, he's, God's going to raise up more and more and more. He's going to increase everything around us. The army is rising up. The army is rising. The hour is here. And we're marching now. Yes. And we're marching on. There's been a remnant and the remnants rising. And I know that the laborers have been few, but He's bringing the laborers. He's yeah. bringing more and more. He's bringing abundance, and he's bringing abundance of harvest. And we're going to see, we're going to reap what we sow. Amen. Oof. Yeah. And something the Lord's been speaking to me um, 
a lot is about time, our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not always a fun word to hear, but the importance of stewarding our time yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, we were talking about the wilderness. Like if we were created to just stay in the wilderness, I'm not minimizing the wilderness because thank God for the wilderness. Because how would we get through this life mm-hmm. without, you know, the wilderness moments? But if we were created to just stay in the wilderness and never emerge and never and never do the work of the father, then why would we be here? Why wouldn't we have yeah, just went on. straight to heaven when we got saved? Come on. Exactly. So like I think now is the time. I mean, those of us who haven't been in the wilderness and we've just been like trying to do everything without being in the secret place now that needs to change oh yeah but those who have i believe that there has been a there is a generation that has been in the wilderness Mm -hmm. for a long time and there are people that the lord has prepared and and poured a lot of things in them equipped them with everything that they need and now is the time to emerge yeah he's calling them can you share that um Uh what you showed me a while ago that was pretty awesome yeah so let's see here um this is nate johnston i would love to get him on here on the radio oh yeah i'm Oof. working on and it. his get wife christy Bethel. johnson we just get him to come preach um so he's like he's a prophetic voice he has a family um he he's an author you know um and so he writes a lot of prophetic things that the lord gives him but um this p- post Uh, particularly says the earth needs the wilderness voices because they are pure. They are no longer about themselves. They can't be sold, bought or traded. They have been marked deeply for a purpose that heaven will soon reveal. And then um, it goes in to say years ago, the Lord said to me, look to the wilderness because a generation of all ages was going to emerge. And I haven't stopped watching for them to come and come in droves. Just like David, their wilderness is coming to an end. Just like David, their time is to emerge now. Amen. Lord, if it's you, I want it. Prepare me for what is ahead and protect me in the secret place of the Most High. Psalm 91. I say yes to... I say yes to the come away season and the call of the wild. You are leading me into wherever it takes me in Jesus' name. You know what the, the scary part about it is? Is we've got a lot of people in the wrong places. Always says we need a general to put these people in where they need to be. Yeah. Because here's the problem: when you put a guy who's supposed to be, maybe I'm going to go back before the guns were created. Mm-hmm. If you have your archers, okay, and they're not the ones protected, they're the ones shooting the arrows. They have to be protected. Mm-hmm. So you have to put your best men who can fight the ground warfare. Then you got yours that he can look out the watchman on the wall say, "Hey, look, your enemy's over here. Mm-hmm. Shoot that way," or your enemy. You, it's it's a puzzle piece, and you're putting mm-hmm. these people. When you go to battle, it's not something you don't put your worst men in the front. And a lot of times, the church has put their worst men in the front. And I'm sorry, I'm not, I know I'm stepping on toes, but there's some people who's never been battle tested. Mm-hmm. There's not people who's the, the, we put them in the forefront who's never been battle tested, and. When I, when I say that, I believe it's some people who's never been in the secret place. Mm-hmm. Those who've never had, never probably attended a prayer meeting, and they're pastoring our churches. Mm. And they're leading our, our flock. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying they have to be this super spiritual person. 
you know, to, to lead a flock. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they have never spent time in the secret place with God because the secret places where God is kind of like a computer. He begins to download things from heaven. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even know it's being downloaded. But also you're tested because when David was in the secret place, when he was oh, shepherding yeah. the flock, yeah. what did he go through? He yeah. battled. What a, did he do? A bear. A bear. And a lion. All this, a lion. He saw the power of God. He realized that he couldn't do anything in his own strength and he learned that all while being in the secret place because he was away from everybody mm-hmm. it was just him and the lord yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was him the lord and the sheep <laughs> like, i mean but that's the thing i think we forget so much that um you know that place that david came from he knew who his god was yeah, yeah. and he knew that no one was going to tell him differently mm-hmm. god had brought him out of so much and god had done stuff through him so much and he was the most one that everyone said that, ah, oh, not this little piddly David. He's a But little... he didn't even listen to him. Like, it, I I'm read not... back through the story the he other knows. day, me and Ethan, and actually, if you read it, I don't know what ver- I think we were reading NLT maybe, but we were laughing. Like, we were laughing at the dialogue between David and, like, the other men because it was actually kind of funny, like, how not, f- I mean, we have to go to break here in a second, but it was like, it was awesome to see his confidence in the Lord as he was responding to these oh, haters. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're in love with somebody I know. and they share that, the, and he was his just heart so with confident. yours, you can't be changed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. And yeah. um, I do want to, before we get to the break, uh, Joey said, without the sun, there is no growth. And that's true. Amen. The sun is God. And that's what yeah. that verse with the Apollos and Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really good. Um, and I will get our dad joke before I forget. <laughs> uh, why did the skeleton go to the barbecue to get another rib? <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Okay, we got one more before the break. I know we got to go to break, but Brother Greg Carwile texted him. The last thing we need is men in charge. That's the whole problem. Jesus needs to be who he is. Amen. Come on. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah, he needs to be the the shepherd that we follow that's right we don't need any more shepherds leading us uh, astray we need the good shepherd that we're following Mm -hmm. and any and honestly any shepherd that anyone the lord calls to be a shepherd should be invisible Mm -hmm. because we should be able to see jesus Jesus if he's not pointing to the father and he's not leading you to him then he's very questioning yeah yeah all right well sadly we're at the break that was getting into good conversation there um we will um, be right back after the break. Oh, other trivia question, though. Can't forget it. Almost forgot. Okay, so second trivia question. Which of David's brothers was angry with him for coming to Battleons? Well, how how fitting. We're talking about David. Uh, <laughs> Which of David's brothers was angry with him for coming to the Battleons? Again, 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break. That's funny battle. All right, we are back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Do we have an answer for that trivia question? Oh, we do. Who got it? Okay, Mary Royalty. I love that name. Mm -hmm. Mary Royalty. We're all royalty now that we are. Well, not all, but if you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, Mm -hmm. you're born again and adopted into his kingdom. And we invite you to to come join this royal priesthood because Mm -hmm. it's way better than any other lineage that you could be a a part of. Um, And so, again, that that question was, which of David's brothers was angry with him for coming to the battle lines? And the answer for that was 
Eliab. I don't know how to say that right. Eliab. I don't know. It's found in 1 Samuel 17, 28. You know how to say that, Jacob? What is it? Oh, <laughs> Gail looked it up. Eliab. 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 I think I had it right. Uh, it's that. It makes yep. me think of the Superbook episode where uh, <laughs> David kills Goliath yeah, that right. and he talks to Does his he brother. Speak that name? Yeah, in the show. Yeah, the brother's there and he gets all mad. He's like, "Why are you here?" You know, I mean, we see that in the scripture, but he's would, like, "Why? What are you doing here? Like, you're, you're, you should not be fighting." I would say Eliab. Eliab. But that's what it would be me. It might be mispronounced wrong. Eliab. That kind of sounds better. Eliab. Eliab. But this says lie when she when Miss Gail looked it up like L I G H yeah so like a lie Eliab 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 I like it I actually like that Eliab it's like Elijah Eliab yeah well speaking of Superbook if anybody with kids is listening it is very good and I like watching it just myself because I like the animation and it's just if you're gonna watch something and you know you want entertainment i've just the lord's been showing me that there's so many christian entertainment options out there now Mm -hmm. and really we have no excuse like there's things that we can watch that are edifying Mm -hmm. to our mind and that are are not going to um, desensitize us to the things of this world and Mm -hmm. so superbook look it up if you don't know what it is it's animated bible stories and it it teaches a lesson like if your kids are watching it it has like these little kids that travel back in time and things like that and it teaches them a lesson each episode but i love to see the actual bible parts the bible stories coming to life is really cool cool. and i really wish that we had a super book because it'd be really cool to go back in time and and just see some of this stuff i'm I'm waiting for i always said that the church needs to be the one you know i i get it we're not called to entertainment but i think we can change we can change the game because i'm like where is i mean Mm -hmm. there is some ministries that are doing it and they're doing it well but they're i think they're more centered to um certain you know aspects of life encouragement and that's great but i want someone who can take and and, you know you got the chosen and stuff like that that that's taken the I, i want to like let's use all the technology we have to be able to do something awesome like you know, the battles that happened all through scripture. I'm mm-hmm. saying they're like, we, we could do that with all the the technology we have. Yeah, from action movies, but I want to see the war. I want to see Biblical the war action. between heaven and hell that's yeah. been going on. Like someone needs to do a movie like that. That would be so cool. Like cool. The, the battle that's going on in heaven Yeah, and, and show it like how, I mean, being like authentic as they can get to and without changing anything. I know. I yeah. think the closest thing we have to that is the Superbook episode. Superbook. I know. The the, first episode. That one is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. The fir- it really is good. Uh, so the first episode, it starts with um, Michael, the archangel, yeah. and then Lucifer in heaven. And they're kind of like at the gate or they're outside. Yeah. They're not in the temple. They're like outside of the temple. And they, um, Lucifer is trying to seduce and, and take the as many angels, angels with, with him as he yeah. can and he's you know declaring that he wants to be god and all of this and then michael is um like fighting against him and then the a- angels come and back him up and then yeah. he kind of eventually says you are banished like you are le- yeah. leave heaven basically um and so it's just it's a nice picture to be able to put it because sometimes, you know, depending on how creative your mind is, sometimes it's hard to imagine what this could look like. And True. even, mm-hmm. even you know, 
we know it's going to look different than any anything that's in media, but it is it's fun and I, I think that that type of entertainment is more at least you're thinking and dreaming and uh, and imagining heaven rather sure. than yeah. things from hell. You know, yeah. like <laughs> we need to set our thing our mind on those things that My, above, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think it'd be cool if somebody could do that though. I mean, Samson, did you remember did you see Samson? Have you watched Samson? That episode. The movie. Oh, the ma- movie, no. It was pretty decently done. Um I think I, I really liked how it showed him how Delilah um tricked him you Mm -hmm. know and it portrayed that really well and how he killed a whole army you know yeah with just i mean you could really make a action movie out of samson i mean (laughs) it was so cool how he pulled the temple down Mm -hmm. that was his last you know last stand that god gave him his strength the pillars the the pillars came down yeah i'm just they did that and i was like oh that's so i mean i know it's sad but it's also awesome to see how that's portrayed i think even like i'm waiting for i don't know if the chosen is going to do it or if somebody else will but like the persecute like the um the early church that gets like persecuted Mm -hmm. and um like in like different times of persecution throughout the new testament yeah mm-hmm. i uh, think that would i mean that would be good storylines you know to the studios out there who doesn't understand the power of uh, <laughs> being truthful to the word and how the church people would actually go to support a movie like that oh yeah, yeah. i mean you starting to see it more now like christian movies are that are done well Mm-hmm. are yeah. actually topping the box office oh, yeah. because people want wholesome stuff. Mm-hmm. They're tired of this other stuff being shoved down their throat. Mm-hmm. Well, it I think it's like, yes, fantasy and fiction is, you know, sometimes it can draw you in. But when you have when you're watching something that is true, like yeah. based off of true events and like has scripture in it, like that's different. It, true. It, it edifies you and it it should not be used to replace you reading your word but it should it can be used to add to add um pictures and just vivid imagery to the word that's what i love about it is even the chosen like when you read your word and then you watch the chosen it's like wow like i remember reading that like i i know that who that is and it's almost a way to kind of test your brain too of like i've read these stories and it's coming to life and i know who that person is and and they're at this place. Yeah. And then it, you can learn from it, too. I mean, I know people are like, you shouldn't learn from, like, movies. But, I mean, I think the Lord can use anything as his tool. And especially yeah. for young Christians or unbelievers to draw them in and make them want to say, okay, I want to read where that happened in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's you awesome. Know? Well, the Passion of the Christ stirred up so many during the time when it came out. You know, it was one of the, the – most people in the theater um, had uh, – when Jesus was on the cross, when they had done like the imagery that they had did, mm-hmm. most people looked away. I mean, it was, I seen people crying. I seen people just, they couldn't look upon the cross. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's so powerful because that is our sin upon him. Yeah. Being yeah. nailed to the tree. And I'm like, it's hard to even look at, ain't it? Because it's yeah. disgusting. It's it's awful to see that he had to take that brutal of a punishment. And I said that wasn't even nowhere near what he took. But we seen a glimpse of what he did in yeah. that movie. And thank God that it was Mel Gibson who spent the money to be able to 
have that out there. And I know churches are like, well, I'm not, it's not real. You know, it's just a movie. And I'm like, man, it, there was a lot of people that came to Jesus after watching that, that who were born into the kingdom of God because it messed them up so much. Yeah. Because they didn't realize in their in their minds what he had kind of went through. They were it was just like this. Okay, Jesus died on the cross, blah blah blah. But then they got to see it, and it took on a different meaning to them. Yeah. And there are some people out there that when they see it, it changes them mm-hmm. when they have that imagery. And he and there were so many things that happened during the making of the Passion. I don't. I didn't mean to get off on this, but no. uh, it, it just the Passion is. That, that awesome. to me, was amazingly done, how they kept it to as close as they could keep it. And I really never had an issue with it. I, I kind of like how they portrayed um, how, you know, different ones, the disciples did different things. And with Peter and how he didn't, you know, Lord, I'll never, mm-hmm. I won't deny you. And, you know, and then he goes into that. Oh, and he and the, the part that got me is Jesus looked at him. And he seen him look at him when he denied him. Yeah. And that was like, oh. You yeah, know. that scene was like oh, heart-wrenching. It was heart-wrenching because Peter knew he seen him. Yeah. But he knew Jesus was telling him the truth that he would deny him. And yeah. I think that was a turning point for Peter. But then the fact that after Jesus, you know, is risen, that he tells them to go find Peter yeah. after all that. You know yeah. what I think a lot of it was? It was to that moment that Peter was trusted in himself. Yeah, that he was the yeah. protector of God, mm-hmm. that no one was going to get to Jesus but him. You know, yeah. you're not going to take my God. And God's like, it's not that they're taking it, that I'm laying it down. So, Peter, yeah. you need to understand that I have more authority than you. I see more than you. And it was in that point, I think Peter kind of felt sorry for himself, in a sense, mm-hmm. because he had denied him. He thought he was useless before God. And he went out doing back what he was doing before fishing. And that's where God met him again. Jesus said, come on, Peter, it's time. Mm. And I'm like, that's where I think a lot of people, if, if you've been in that boat and you're out back, maybe you, maybe you was going after God at one time. Maybe you were, maybe you're a pastor who got burnt out. Maybe you're a believer who maybe got hurt or whatever it is. And you're back fishing in your boat. Jesus is calling you back Mm -hmm. and he's not done with you and you're not useless you may have messed up. You may have taken the wrong turn. You may have done something wrong, and you don't think you can be used again or maybe not as used again by God. But God says, I ha- I see something different. I don't see you for who you are. I see you for your future. Mm-hmm. I see who I've the created you to be. Like yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I'm calling you. I'm calling forth your future now. Yeah. He said I, he, he's the only one that can look into the future and take what's out there and pull it to the now. Yeah. He can pull everything out there. And so, I mean, man, I could go on talking about how the God sees us not for where we're at, mm. but what he's created us to be. Yes. And thank God he's the potter and we're the clay. Yeah. Yes, thank you, That Jesus. he can just sit there and mold you. And thank he you. already knows what you're going to look like in the end. <laughs> but sometimes when you look at it, you say, if we, if we was could look at ourselves being created we're like man this don't look right what you think you got you calling me to be this warrior i don't look like a warrior i mean mm-hmm. think about david we was just talking about david mm-hmm. david didn't look like a warrior he didn't look like they, i mean they, you talking about he was he was a little man <laughs> <laughs> saul was a head and shoulders above him mm-hmm. and it said that everyone they chose saul because saul 
looked like a warrior. Mm-hmm. But the warrior is not on the outer appearance. Mm-mm. The warrior is on not your abilities. No, it's not. The warrior heart is within who you, God has put your in spirit. What, your spirit, man. Because yeah. I've seen there's so many warriors out there who feel inadequate because maybe they don't have the look or maybe the part. Maybe they don't speak the the words that everybody else speaks. Maybe they don't have that um pronunciation of words mm-hmm. or maybe the schooling or whatever but god has called you to be a warrior because yeah. you have that heart because david the thing with david is he cried for the heart of god mm-hmm. he wanted the heart of god and he it was david if you looked at compared his sin to saul's his sin outweighed a lot of people's because of what he did things he did in his life but his heart was a repentant heart and he was always looking to the Father to mold him who he was. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like he gave his heart to the Father and says, mold me and mm-hmm. help me. I, he, he, his heart was, I know I'm not the, what I should be. I know I'm not where I'm at. I know I need you. You're the only one that can guide me. I make mistakes. I'm, I'm just not anything unless you do what you do in me. Create yeah. in me a new heart. You know, that was David's. And I believe God gave him his heart because mm-hmm. he was after the father's heart. Yep. Saul, all he cared about was doing his thing. Yep. He he was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the way I want to do it. I ain't going to have no God tell me this. It was pride. It was arrogance. Well, it David was, knew he needed God. Yes. That's the difference. The, the need. We have to know that we are in need of him. Mm-hmm. And that's humility. But I want to say it was David spending time in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saul didn't spend spending much time, time there. Him. Mm-hmm. And Saul had basically, it seemed like the people wanted him so bad because they thought that he could be their protector. Mm-hmm. And uh, so God said, you, you want him? You have him. And say, what happens? You know? And then <laughs> you get caught up in the Philistine army and you got Goliath mm-hmm. over here. And, and so we're, David's over here. Nobody could beat him. He was unmatched. Nobody could beat Goliath. You know, mm-hmm. he was just, everybody was kind of scared of him. And David's, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that curses my God? Who is I'm like, he? when are we going to get that unction yeah. in us? Yep. When are we going to stand yeah. up and be like David and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that I'm, he's going to slay them, going to slay his brothers. We're going we're gonna to carry the ark. We're going to move the places where the God wants us to go. We're going to carry the glory. Yeah. From We're going to change the course of the church and to change the course of Israel at that Come time. Yep. He changed the whole course when it didn't even look like this person could do it you are the person that one that warrior who has a warrior heart who has a warrior's mentality who has a heart of god who's going after the father who spent time in the wilderness those who have just given their heart solely to god and says i don't care about me and what what happens in, in you know if that Philistine looks like he could probably destroy me, but I know if my God be for me, who can be against me? Exactly. It and doesn't matter what it looks like. And exactly. that doesn't matter. And I know that the challenges we're facing in the world today and the things that we're facing amongst in America right now, I feel like sometimes it looks so big that how do we change the course that we're on? How do we change the trajectory? You know, if you if you speak out against something, you're canceled. And uh, if you speak out against something, you're you're, you're a bigot or you're you hate. And I'm like, no, it's Goliath. It's yeah, Goliath. And he's 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 speaking. His mouth is running big. Mm-hmm. He's sitting over cursing God. And I'll say, when you going to get that unction, David, where's the Davids of this mm-hmm. day? Is there They're, not a cause? 
They're being raised up. They're being and raised up. I do not believe a cause. We're seeing this whole story. I know we've been talking about it a lot, but it's really true. Like, the saws are being removed from mm-hmm. position. Amen. Yes. Like, they... I do really believe that the Lord is re is shifting things and we're going to see just like Israel reaped from Israel had a shift in their whole nation because of Saul leaving David mm. rising up. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I believe it's happening. I like it that he took five smooth stones because mm-hmm. he knew he only needed one, but he wasn't looking at just Goliath. He was going to take down, he was going to take down his brothers. The thing I like, uh, we went to go hear Lance, Brother Lance Johnson mm-hmm. speaking uh, Bowling, Bowling Green. Green. And he, you know, <clears throat> preached on this story again. But something I love that he said was people get uh, caught up sometimes on what weapon David used, like the five stones. Mm-hmm. But he was saying how David knew it wasn't that he could have used any Anything. weapon. Yeah. He could have yeah. used any weapon and it yep. would have worked. And that's yeah. what's so awesome. Because who would expect? Stones, you Slingshot know, and a stone. but yeah. literally anything. If you would have picked up anything, um, it would have worked. Always like the the rock. I always looked at the rock. There, I think there was just a significant mm-hmm. because he took the rock, the rock of ages. Yeah, yeah. I always think about that. He mm-hmm. took that's the, good the rock of ages, and he yeah. knew that everything he built was upon the rock, mm-hmm. and the one thing that was going to set him free was his rock. Yep. which was Jesus, yes. that it wasn't the, the, the rock that, that swirled it. It wasn't the, the rock that killed Goliath. It was the obedience of I'm going to do whatever it took, whatever's, mm-hmm. whatever tool the enemy or the, whatever tool God has placed in my hand, yes. I'm going to use it yeah. to destroy the enemy's camp and his darkness. And I'm going to set the stage for, I believe, what God had intended for Israel to be at mm-hmm. that time. Oh, yeah. And the... You know, I think how he carried the ark, he did it wrong the first time because he had to do it. Like they only, I, I can't remember Aaron's better, better at this, but they uh, had taken so many steps and then they would be a sacrifice and then he would take so many steps and then sacrifice. And it was like he had to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think I, it's, I wonder the significance of the five stones. I think the, the brothers. I, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that, but it was he. I, that's why I always said David was prophetic, so prophetic, because he mm-hmm. knew he wasn't looking at what he was seeing in front of him. Mm-hmm. He he was taking what he needed to go forward beyond Goliath. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you think about when he killed him, he had to pick up his sword. His sword was huge. That had to be God. There's no way David could have picked that up. <laughs> I mean, it weighed probably more than he did. I mean, the, he put on his helmet and everything. I mean, all that stuff is you're talking about this huge person and and so i mean the weight of it should have took him down yeah um but it didn't and that's where that's to me is the the supernatural side of things Mm -hmm. that i think i'm trying to tell people to get get you know we are supernatural so Mm -hmm. all right well um we'll go ahead and go to break and we'll come back here and we'll have a guest today um it's been a great morning um thankful for all of our listeners it's interacted um and we can't wait to be with you again tomorrow we'll have brother greg on with us thank you jacob for coming in jamie and um we have both of our trivia questions answered so we'll be right back here after the break on mornings with box two radio
Okay, we are back. Uh, mornings with Box 2. Thank you so much to Hannah, Jamie, and Jacob for uh, that first hour and a half. And um, I'm here uh, finishing out the, the broadcast this morning. Jason Miller with you. And we have with us also uh, Miss Nancy Tate, Representative Nancy Tate with us today. Uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm wonderful, thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to have the opportunity, and I sincerely appreciate the opportunity to be on Box 2 this morning. Well, we're happy to have you. Uh, and uh, I have, a, of course, a few questions for you today and a few things I'd like to interact with you about. But uh, first of all, just in case uh, we have listeners that uh, maybe aren't familiar with you, Ms. Tate, um, can you uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself? And I know you're th with the 27th District there in Meade and Hardin County. Um, but uh, tell, tell our listeners just a little bit about you, just in case they're not familiar with you. I know you're a regular guest, but just in case. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm from the uh, state representative for Mead and Northern Hardin counties, which is primarily Radcliffe. Mm -hmm. And this is my fifth year or my, you know, the, the fifth year to serve, which is my third term. Right. And uh, so I have uh, been married to my husband since 85, 1985, and I have three adult children and three grandchildren. And uh, I'm honored to, uh, and originally, so I would say I lived in Breckenridge County for several years. My mm -hmm. parents are Frank and Kathy Jones, which unfortunately are both deceased at this point, but they uh, were natives of Breckenridge County. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, I noticed in your, uh, your bio information, you uh, attended or graduated at George Washington University. Yeah, I did. I had a unique opportunity because I worked for UPS for 33 mm -hmm. years, and, and UPS has a, a very strong commitment to education. Right. And uh, so I had the opportunity to finish my bachelor's degree there uh, with Mid-Continent uh, Mid University mm -hmm. uh, through UPS and then to receive um, the, the master's in um, um through George Washington University, through classes there at EPS as well. Right. Yeah. My, I, the reason I ask is because my uh, brother attended there as well. He graduated from oh, there yeah, as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so where uh, people had, most people had the opportunity to actually participate on campus, mm -hmm. I didn't have that opportunity. I think I took two classes on campus. Right. And the rest of them I actually took through there on site at EPS in Louisville. Well, that's neat. That's a good experience. All right. So <laughs> and you, you said this is your third term? This is my third term, yes, wow. sir. Yeah. So one of my questions to you was going to be, um, what does a state representative do during their their off time? <laughs> but with a two-year election cycle, there probably isn't much off time for you, is there? <laughs> no, there's really not. You know, in our Constitution, it, uh, our elections are every two years on the state level and then also on the federal level. So originally, I kind of felt sorry for myself, but then I thought, well, if Brett Guthrie has to do this every two years, then I guess I can do it also. Right. But our, but our founding fathers uh, designed it this way, and that mm -hmm. was for us to actually be required to spend time with our constituents and to be engaged in what's going on in the community in order for us to take our knowledge and uh, what the issues are in our community back to, um, to our capital. And uh, so I really don't have any off time. You know, I uh, am also involved in a lot of committees at the state level there in Frankfurt. And so during the interim, uh, we prepare for the next legislative session. Uh, all Well, we started again in May, but then we'll proceed and continue with uh, gathering information 
through those committees all the way through um, up until like around the Thanksgiving time, so early November. Right. Okay. And, and so how often do your committees meet? Yeah, so our committees meet monthly. Okay. And so, yeah, so I had the opportunity this year to be a co-chair for um, the Capital Planning Advisory Committee. And so what that is, is it's, um, it's um, a committee that if there is a project that is required or requested funding from the executive branch that's going to cost over a million dollars, it has to come through this advisory committee. And so I'm really excited about being on this committee and being the co-chair. I think I'm probably annoying some people because I'm asking a whole lot of questions. Well, that's good, though. Absolutely. Yes, sir, because I think that um, sometimes we become um, immune to all these zeros, the dollar signs. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we forget that this is these are precious dollars Mm -hmm. that have been given to our to our possession in order to spend wisely, but they're dollars that have actually you know it's the money that people have worked really hard for right. in order to be able to pay them in taxes to give to the state and federal level in order for us to use them, and uh, I just think sometimes we don't spend them as wisely as we possibly could, and that's why I asked to be part of this. Um, uh, process in order to take my financial knowledge that I learned from UPS and then also through my formal training right. and to take that to our um, the process there at the Capitol to make sure that we are spending our dollars wisely. So, uh, Representative Tate, do you do you feel like that other representatives and senators there at, in in Frankfurt kind of have the same view as you, or are many of them kind of? glossing over the, the all the extra zeros and stuff that go along with a lot of these bills. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that um, our the the legislative branch that we have in place right now, of course there's, you, you know, I, I'll say this loosely, uh, but um, we're very committed to being, to fiscal responsibility. You know, we have one of the, the we have the largest rainy day fund mm-hmm. of the history of the Commonwealth. Right. And so we're very committed to making sure that uh, when we had disasters that occur in Kentucky, you know, like the when we had the floods in yeah. eastern Kentucky and right. the tornadoes in western Kentucky, that we can actually take some of that money and devote it to uh, back to those constituents to help pay for that, you know, the disasters. So it's really important for us to do that. You know, the reason why I said I'll say this loosely is, is that, you know, there's 100 representatives. Mm-hmm. And so um, while I said that this is my fifth year, I am actually in the top 33% as far as um, uh, length of service. Wow, that's good. Yeah, it is. So, you know, a lot of people talk about term limits. Uh We're seeing a lot of term limits that are occurring in uh, our legislative branch. The turnover, you know, some people are retiring, obviously, and then some people are actually being um, not reelected. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I say that that's because, you know, our constituents are actually paying attention to what's going on at the state level. Right. And they're holding people accountable mm-hmm. like they've never done before. And, and I honestly and sincerely appreciate that because that's exactly what has to happen in order for um, the uh, interest and yeah. the, the moral base the ethical base that we have here in Kentucky in order for that to be supported at the state level. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you should mention uh, term limits. I heard just, 
just last weekend, I heard someone, they were kind of complaining about uh, there not being term limits. And individuals said, well, there are term limits. It's called elections. And and I thought, you know, that's, that's a good way to look at it. You know, if you don't like the way uh, someone is, is governing, you can uh, vote them uh, to stay home, you know. Absolutely, yeah. and that, and and, and, that's, and I think that that's, you know, I go back and I'm really, uh, our founding fathers were very, very wise when they, you know, set up these elections every two and every four, and right. then at the, you know, our federal senators every six. Yeah. So it's just, it, it was just, communication is so important and awareness is so important in order for this legislative process to work as designed. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. Um, just a quick question for my own personal knowledge. I know at the federal level, uh, representatives, there's the age requirement of 25. Is it the same for state representatives here in Kentucky? It is 20. I think it's 25. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's close to that. Yeah. Basically modeled our federal, uh, uh cycles there. Okay. That's correct. Um, yep. another question too, I, we had Jim Waters on, uh, a couple of weeks ago and, uh, we were talking about the, uh, the upcoming governor election, uh, gubernatorial election. And uh, I asked him a question about his feelings about uh, the election being in an off year in Kentucky. Do you think that's a, a good thing or, 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 or detrimental? In, in from my perspective, yeah, from my perspective, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, because it, it actually gives us the opportunity to look at the governor election and to look at our constitutional officers and to concentrate specifically on them so that um, our that process doesn't get watered down by our presidential election or by, you know, any of our senator elections or even at the legislative, you know, the, the legislative branch. Because it's so, the, the, that role, those roles are just crucial. And, uh, you know, from a, from a legislative perspective, we can actually, obviously, obviously we pass the laws. And yeah. then it's the um, executive branch's responsibility to enact those laws. But at the same time, there's a, a lot of latitude that's allowed to the executive branch in order to operate. And so they make a lot of decisions that aren't necessarily um, – there's no statute for. Yeah. And so we, we it's crucial for us to make sure that we're really paying attention to – our the governor election and those constitutional officers to make sure that those people actually once again represent our um, ethical and moral uh, views here in the Commonwealth. Right, I totally agree. I, I like that take on things. All right. Um, so, what are some things that maybe you're working on for the next coming cycle uh, election? Not not election cycle. Excuse me. Next um, legislative session. And uh, what's some things that, that kind of near and dear to your heart coming up? Yeah, so I have to, I have to, I, it's just a great opportunity for me to be on today because, you know, we've had uh, some amazing things that have happened in the last couple of weeks and actually yesterday on the pro-life front. I'm the uh, pro-life caucus chair, the, the co-chair for the House. Uh, the other co-chair is in the Senate, and that's Robbie Mills. Mm -hmm. But I represent the House for the Pro-Life Caucus. Right, yeah. And the, the mission of the Pro-Life Caucus is to protect vulnerable life from conception to death. And so we have truly have the most pro-life legislative body that we've ever had in the history of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And for those people who don't know this, as of August 1st, 
uh, abortions were prohibited in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, except for the life of the mother. Right. And so um, just uh, just um, earlier this week, I know it's only Tuesday, so yesterday, uh, well, actually it's Wednesday. On Monday, the um, Kentucky Supreme Court upheld our trigger law that was passed in 2019. And what that trigger law said was is that in the event that Roe versus Wade was overturned, then abortions would become prohibited in mm-hmm. the Commonwealth except for the life of the mother. And so that trigger law was upheld by the Kentucky Supreme Court this week, uh, which means that abortions are and will continue to be prohibited in Kentucky. I did not know that. So that was Monday, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was right. And so that's, yay, Kentucky, yeah. way yeah, to go. Exactly. Kentucky, absolutely good It's for odd us. that the uh, mainstream media didn't cover that one. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> they, they haven't. Uh, they might pick it up, but what they're concentrating more on is that, you know, unfortunately people that are seeking abortion mm-hmm. are, have to go to other states in order to get those abortions completed. And so they're spending more time trying to find cases like that and to find out if, you know, that's truly what the intent of the legislative branch was. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing that was really exciting was, um, I'm going to say approximately two weeks ago, uh, one of the bills that I was the primary co well, the primary sponsor for was House Bill 3, and that was upheld by the courts as well here in Kentucky. And uh, what that said, it was what what we did was we took seven pro-life bills and we bundled them all together. And what that did for us is that um, emphasized to the Kentucky Supreme Court that um, here that this is the will of our constituents for us to be a pro-life state. And uh, there was there was a lot of language in there for um, chemical abortions, which are also prohibited from based upon our trigger law. Right. But there was a lot of language for that judicial bypass, which means that if you know. Um, for teenage pregnancy if, um, you know, if uh, abortions were still uh, allowed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those things are not necessarily required right now, but the pieces that are required were that um, uh, the dignified disposal of fetal remains. And so what was happening in the past was that, like, for example, I had three miscarriages. And so with those miscarriages, you know, I'm 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 in distress, right? Emotionally, right. Yeah. and so um, my the, I was at, the babies were at 12 week gestation, so I'm not necessarily you know I was young and I wasn't really thinking about it. Yeah. So my babies were probably treated like medical waste. Yeah. And yeah. so this dignified disposal of fetal remains requires the hospitals to treat those um, babies. Um, that were, you know, from miscarriages to treat them with dignity and to basically, you know, to um, to give the to offer to the parents right. the uh, opportunity to have those remains in order to be able to um, to bury them. Right, and to grieve properly. They, absolutely, yeah. and so they can grieve properly. And so that's something that is being offered, and in the past that wasn't offered. And to me, that's so very important, you know, especially now at a mature age. When I look back and go, oh, my gosh, what happened to my baby? Right, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's really important. But the other piece that was really important is the Hyde Amendment. And uh, for those people that aren't familiar with the Hyde Amendment, that basically says that no state or federal dollars uh, mm-hmm. can be spent on, uh, and that federal pass-through dollars can be spent uh, on 
for to support abortion. And so uh, what that does is that, uh, as you know, in our Constitution, there's nothing that prohibits or allows abortions. And so this would just make it to where it would make it more difficult for if in the future a legislative branch wants to um, um, allow abortions to occur in Kentucky, it would make it more difficult for them to, um, you know, unweave things. They would just have to, it it would take it to where they would have to unweave things and then they would um, have to change a lot of laws in order for that to be allowed. So we're real excited that our Kentucky Supreme Court um, is supporting our Kentucky Constitution and supporting life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right, and it, and it does seem that you know the the trigger law is pretty pretty straightforward and and pretty cut and dry. I'm not sure even why or what argument the other side would have. So it is great to know that the Supreme Court supports that and it's not become politicized or anything like that. Well, you know, for, before we passed the trigger law, and there's uh, 15 other states that have passed the trigger law, mm-hmm. before we passed that, we had to have a lot of in-depth conversation to make sure that there was nothing in our Constitution that would prohibit us from uh, having a trigger law. Right. And so that's what the Kentucky Supreme Court had to analyze to make sure that there was truly nothing in our Constitution that would prohibit us from having a trigger law. Right. And in some states do have things in their constitution, but uh, fortunately Kentucky did not. Yeah. Now you mentioned the Hyde Amendment as well. Is, is that the the uh, trouble that uh, on a federal level they're having with some of the uh, military and armed forces uh, as far as like trying to make it possible for um, military uh, ladies in the military to obtain abortions and th- using federal dollars? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and and the, and the Hyde Amendment is not a uh, part of is not a law. Right. It's basically a resolution. Okay. And prior to this uh, current administration, um, the Hyde Amendment, I think, for forty years, has been a bipartisan supported resolution mm-hmm. that said that no federal dollars would be spent on abortion right. and so there's been a move in order to allow through medicare and medicaid for um medicare that would be for medicare mm-hmm. for um abortions to be paid for for the military yeah and yeah. that's kind of that's you know when you think about a 40 year 40 year bipartisan support and then unfortunately now with the current administration um you know who you know, and, and, and they suggested that they would be a moderate administration. Now they're actually going contrary to a 40-year resolution. Yeah, going backwards, yeah. Going backwards, yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah uh, the pro-life movement, that, that's something that's near and dear to my heart. I worked with uh, the Right to Life movement for years in uh, the Twin Lakes area here in uh, Litchfield and, and, and Breckenridge County. So, yeah, it's something that's really uh, important to me. And... Um, you know, that's something that we prayed about for so many years, being able to see that overturn. And so it's great that we have elected officials like yourself that are they're continuing to take up that charge to protect that uh, from being um, you know, legislated or even in legal issues that would try to find loopholes and things like that. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. And the other thing that I'm so excited about is, is that uh, we have the safe haven baby boxes. And that was one of my other bills that I was um, that um, I guess uh, we passed that law in 2021 that would allow the safe haven baby boxes. 
And um, we now have um, 18 baby boxes in Kentucky. And uh, yesterday, late last night, I received notification that we had our second surrender in Kentucky. Yeah. Tell, tell a little bit about what these baby boxes are. I, I'm pretty familiar with them, but I just want to make sure. Yeah. So the baby boxes um, are, um, the baby boxes are, um, it, and, and it sounds kind of, you know, kind of cold here, but yeah. if you think about from like, <laughs> if you think about like a, um, um, a night deposit box, sure. I think, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of similar to that, except it's an environmentally controlled box. Mm-hmm. And so if for whatever reason a family cannot uh, take care of their child, yeah. up they can um, take. They can just surrender their baby. Even prior to the baby boxes, they could surrender their baby mm-hmm. at a hospital, fire station, or a police station. Right. They could basically walk in and say, "I am surrendering my baby," yeah. and then there would both be no legal repercussions sure. for them to do that. Um, what happened in 2019 was, though, that there was a baby that was surrendered in Bowling Green. And um, that baby was surrendered at a, a church step. And um, there were people that were there, fortunately, but the uh, the family did not say, I'm surrendering my baby. They basically just left the baby there. And uh, it was in December. And uh, fortunately, there were people that found the baby before uh, the baby actually succumbed to the, the very cold, frigid conditions. Right, yeah. So that's why, to me, it's so important. I think the safe haven law was a very, very good law. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. safe haven baby boxes, actually, um, they're environmentally controlled boxes where the family can uh, open up the box and an alarm is sounded to um, the, the fireman. Yeah. And then when they put the baby in the box, it's actually like whenever you see those little plastic boxes in, you know, a hospital where yeah. the, the pregnant of the maternity ward, right, you see yeah. those little plastic, clear plastic boxes. Well, that's what you see inside the safe haven baby box. And the parents would put the baby in that box and then they would shut the door. Uh, when they shut that door on the outside of the fire station, then you can't open it up. But from the outside, sure. but within two to three minutes, uh, that baby is um, starts receiving uh, medical attention yeah. from the uh, the firemen that are there. Yeah, and you said there's 18 in Kentucky. There's 18 in Kentucky, with several more that we're in the process of raising funds and or getting the boxes installed. Yeah, that's great. So that was yeah, and that just, was a uh, house. Go ahead. Just out of curiosity, what's the uh, closest one to? to us here in the Elizabethtown, Litchfield, uh, Hardensburg area. Yeah, so the closest one that we have right now is in Radcliffe. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's at the Radcliffe Fire Station. Right, yeah. Yeah, That's and good. so, um, yeah, so that was House Bill 155 um, that was passed in um, 2021, and my goal is to have one in each of the 120 counties. That would be great, yeah. Yeah, I think that that would be absolutely wonderful. And the baby that was surrendered yesterday was surrendered in, at the Oklahoma Fire Station. Okay, yeah, and that's great. So I'm that's sure our, there are. I'm sure there are people lining up to uh, to take that baby uh, for adoption and and you know move forward with that. Yeah, that's and so one of the so you had asked also you know what one of my things you know what what am I working on for future legislation. Uh, right now, those babies that are surrendered um, actually uh, would be uh, fall under um, CPS. 
and they would be fostered out. And then that goes back to, you know, the, the current um, language here in Kentucky that it takes up to a month in order for them to be adopted out. So one of the things that I'm going to be suggesting, and hopefully uh, my legislative cohorts, you know, my legislative partners will agree with me, is that if those, since those babies are being surrendered, they've actually been surrendered, which says that the families cannot, for whatever reason, take care of those babies, then my uh, legislation that I'm going to propose will say to move them automatically into the adoption process. Well, that's good. Yeah, I like that. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a good program too. Um, well, we just have a couple minutes left. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we uh, let you go? Yeah. And there's been a lot of conversation about Senate bill 115 and Senate bill 150 was, um, basically there were, there were, I think there were five bills that were put into Senate bill 115. And part of that was in regards to the transgender language. It was uh-huh. to ensure that, um, um, if um, sexual language was being um, discussed in schools, that the parents had to opt in their children participating in that. But also part of that was the, I call it the transgender mutilation, mm-hmm. and that was where through medical or surgical uh, means that the um, children under the age of 18 could not have their gender modified. So, you know, um, I think um, that was that was a lot of uh, hard fights that we had there in the legislative branch to try to, you know, do we, you know, to support that language, to pass that language. There's obviously some modifications that will need to occur in the 2024 session. But, you know, one of the things that I think is so important, and it goes back to the executive branch, in the Department of Education, Commissioner Glass has basically said that any teacher – who does not agree with promoting transgender language, if those teachers don't agree with promoting transgender language, then they need to find another job. I wholeheartedly agree. And I am so disappointed in him saying that. We do not need to be promoting transgender language in the schools. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's, 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 a, it's, imp- it's tr- Commissioner Glass is actually the one who needs to find another job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I don't, he's not, he is not supporting and endorsing the moral and ethical position of the average person here in, uh, m- the majority of the population here in Kentucky. Yeah, you're so, so right. If, yes, sir. And if we have an executive branch that is that um, off base of what we want to happen to our children, then we don't need that, that executive branch anymore. I wholeheartedly agree. And it's just uh, mind-boggling that anyone would think that uh, someone uh, that young could make a life-altering decision uh, when they're not allowed to make those decisions in any other surgical area. That's exactly right. We're actually permanently scarring mm-hmm. those individuals whenever they are not mature emotionally or mentally to make a life a changing decision like that right well uh i'm sorry representative tate but we are out of time uh, i would like to have talked about that issue even more but uh we are totally out of time and uh, we have to go at this point so thank you again for coming in and uh, speaking to us this morning yes sir and invite me back all right we sure will sure. absolutely <laughs> right. thank you very much all right thank you have a all good- right we are out of time actually overtime this morning 
And uh, but we are so glad you listened in to Box Two Radio. And we have upcoming next raise a hallelujah with uh, Miss Jeannie Shelburne and Karen Shrewsbury.